Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Welcome to our live podcast. Welcome. I'm kind of thinking that we have some people here from out of town. Is anybody from out of town? Yes. Are you Shauna? Yes. Shauna drove all the way to come to the podcast. Woo! That's a long way. Yes, we have wine and beer. I hope you're not driving back to Houston tonight. Yes! So here's to you, Shauna. Cheers! All right, so we got a great show planned for you tonight. Well, planned. There is no plan, actually. (laughs) There's no planning in our Flying by the seat of, oh, you know what we forgot? Our books. We forgot our books. Oh, no. Will somebody go over the chair over there and grab our books? We're going to try to keep our our rudeness to a minimum since we are in a public place. (laughs) It's very difficult for us. It is very Very difficult. The last time we did this, we drove around and were swearing in the car to sort of, you know, get it all out, exercise all of our demons. But this time we all came separately, so we really didn't get the chance to do that. I did. So I feel sort of... Did you? (laughs) Did, well, you, you, did you swear one, for all so. of us? I'm sure I swore for everybody in this room. She was, <laughs> Kay, Kayla had a rough morning. Kay, she had a rough start. Kayla drove from Lawton, and she has two small children. So her plan was to leave at a certain time. And you know what happens to those plans, right? And, of course, we have Jessica back in the house. And don't forget, we need to give a shout-out to our out-of-town listeners who could not make it. Oh, yes. We have so many people who chimed in on Facebook to let us know that they wished they could come, including Kathleen Harriet from Southwest Florida. She said she would be here if she didn't have to work at her library today. (laughs) And I also got an email, which I have not told you about because I just got it a little bit ago. Talk louder, Bonnie. Morgan Vaughn said that if she could have, she would have drove the 10 hours here to make it. And she's part of a book club of 11 girls who all listen to our podcast and talk about it every week. Woo! So she's from where? From Lubbock. T- Ten Texas. hours from Lubbock. Lubbock, yep. Texas. Oops, sorry, Nicole. Did the redneck accent. So there. shout out to them. Thanks for listening <laughs> to our podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so we have a whole box of giveaways that Full Circle has given us, and we're going to try to just sort of do that intermittently like we did before does everybody have a ticket everybody everybody get a ticket yeah our lovely assistant tyler will be handing out the tickets today so if you didn't get one look for the man in the yellow hats yeah notice i call him a man his sequin dress didn't come in in time from amazon it's on back order yeah that's those sequin dresses can be really touchy for the fit you know so three book girl mugs a couple of those at least but if you don't win one perhaps you could purchase one they're seven dollars and that's the only money we make so we appreciate your help with that if you'd like to own a three book girls mug we would love to sell you one for seven dollars and the other thing 
that is very important for us to talk about is our other sponsor, and that is Elk Valley Brewing Company. Woo! Yep. Woohoo! Thank you very much to the beer. these fellas for bringing us the beer. And we're getting ready to try this. How many years did you say this had to sit? Two years, this beer aged in an oak barrel. And it has raspberries and cherries in it. Oh. Do you want to try yeah. it? Oh, What's yeah. it called, Martha? It is called... Fructum? Fructum. Ooh. It's interesting. This is not the bourbon one, is it? Yeah. Oh, wait. No, sorry, no, no, this no. is the bourbon one. I was going to say, that tastes like bourbon. Okay, this is the bourbon one. Okay, sorry. And it tastes a little like bourbon. Bourbon barrel mashy. That's delicious. Isn't that good? Yeah. I like no, that. No, this is, this is the one. I don't know whose glass is this. Everybody's yours. We're sharing it. <laughs> Do any of you work for the CDC? Nobody? Nobody? Okay. The what? Whoa. Is that beer? Tastes like fruit juice? No, it tastes like kind of like wine. Sorry, Alyssa. I'm so sad right now. Why Alyssa's, are you like this? Alyssa's has, Alyssa has celiac. I have a weed allergy. So it's she can't have, have any of this. Anymore. But you but, take, but take a drink and pass can. it down. It's just like church, only way more fun. It's like church without the crackers. Yeah, no crackers. Just, just wine. So it's I think really we're hopefully... We won't have to call a cab after this, but we might. Martha's going to have to. <laughs> Martha will have to call a cab. So I think we should get started. We have six books to review, so that's a lot of books. This time we did it a little differently. Last time we gave, we chose the books that we loved the most, and we all read them. Our favorites as a group. Yeah, our favorites as a group. But this time we did things the way we do our podcast normally, and that is to choose a book that we enjoyed personally, and we'll share it with everyone else. And none of these guys have read my book, right? Oh, no. Jessica has, because Jessica and I are soul sisters. Nobody has read my book. Nobody has read Nobody. Alyssa's book. Sorry, <laughs> Alyssa. Sorry, Alyssa. Alyssa, you're a class I mean, of fine. your own. Alyssa is in a in a category all by herself. Thank you. Romance. Okay. So where would we like to start? <laughs> Kayla's trying to hide under the table. She doesn't want to be first. Well, I mean, How I, about you, Bonnie? I usually start first on the podcast, so I can all right. start first. I do not mind. You all can be sloppy seconds. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I read one that's an emotional roller coaster because that's what I do. And it's also a historical fiction. It's called Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. And it is about a children's home in Tennessee. Like, I think it was like during the 40s. And basically, the owner of this children's home was obtaining children in fraudulent ways and selling them to rich couples who could not have children and then pocketing the money. Can we get this woman a chair? Vivian is has been on our podcast before. Say hello to Vivian, everyone. Hi, Vivian. Oh, and look at that cardigan. <laughs> Model the cardigan. Did you make it? Vivian not only made her own underwear. <laughs> you don't have to yep. model those. <laughs> but she also made this stunning cardigan with antique buttons, because that's what Vivian does. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay. So anyways, it's about basically this children's home that is obtaining children in fraudulent ways. They like um they do it to people that are poor. Most of them can't read. And when they go like to the hospital to have babies, when they have them at the hospital, sometimes they'll tell them that their baby died and then they have them sign a contract saying that the hospital pay for all of their medical expenses, but really what they're signing is their children away to the orphanage 
and then they sell the children to yeah <laughs> to rich couples who can't have children and they basically extort the the these poor couples who are going through their own you know trauma with not being able to have children or have children who you know that they miscarry and everything else so that they can have a baby of their own and just keeps going back after them for money again and again and sorry hold on i gotta wait i see myself (laughs) stupid volume control dang it and this the story starts um with this in modern day with a prominent family and um the grandma is in a nursing home and the daughter or the granddaughter she goes to an event with her father who's a senator for a hundredth birthday party at a nursing home and one of the people who live in the nursing home sees her and mistakes her for her sister and she so it kind of escalates into her asking questions why she thinks this person is related to her when she's never met her in her life and as she digs she finds out that her family is involved in this children's home that was basically stealing children and selling them to the highest bidder. And the story kind of goes back and forth between modern times and the 1940s. And then it goes back to this family who live on a shanty boat on the river, on the Mississippi River. And there's five kids and the mom goes into labor and she's having problems. So she ends up having to go to the hospital instead of having the baby at home like she normally does. And while she's in the hospital, social services come and take all the kids away and put them in this orphanage. And this orphanage is a horrid place. Children come up missing and dead, and they're abused, and it's just a terrible place. And then they sell the kids to high-paying couples who can't have children. The story is about the modern-day family who finding out about what happened in the past and then the family in the past, what the children went through at this nursing home and everything else. It's an, yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster. It, it really is, but it's also intense and you never want to stop reading it once you start. But I read it in like a day and it's not a small book <laughs> because I just couldn't stop. I stop and that's all I wanted Weeping, to do was go back. eating, crying, just like the sad movies pretty much, right? Well, I <laughs> wasn't weeping, but... The early days of the podcast, we had Nerf gun, which (laughs) everybody could use to shoot at me when I interrupted because I am an ADHD individual, certified. And if (laughs) if I don't, yes, I'm certified. I need to take that class. If I don't interrupt, I will forget what I'm going to say. And so I interrupt and it drives everyone else crazy. So the Nerf guns were away to remind me that I'm an asshole. Oop, sorry. And it went that way. I don't see any small children. Sorry, so. Nicole's mom. <laughs> and my mom. I told everybody to behave because my mom's here. She's sitting right in front of me giving me the, the side eye, so yeah. Nah. Sorry, she's mom. She's a mom look. Sorry, she's just mom. uncomfortable. So anyways, like I said, it's intense. It makes you never want to put the book down. I read it super quick, which is saying a lot because I can't read it at work anymore. <laughs> And it's called Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. How do we want to do this? Do we want to take comments and questions about the books after each one? Or you do you want to wait to the end? Has yeah, see if there are anybody. 
Nobody Don't wants be afraid my... of the microphone. It is an inanimate object. Nobody wants my emotional, heart-wrenching novel okay. that will they just won't make you not want to get out of bed oh, for three Sarah. days. She's like, oh, yes. <laughs> I want that It's one. good. It's really good. It <laughs> makes you feel. People here aren't commenting, but Donna on Facebook Live said it's great to see the faces of the girls that listen to all you. Donna, Aww. darling, hello. How are you? So much love. <laughs> It's the beer. I'm sorry. What? No more. Have you even finished yours? Martha is cut off. It doesn't take much. I'm a bit of a lightweight. Just a a teensy. Did you eat your taco I brought you? No, I haven't even eaten anything Why did you not eat your taco? Dude, rookie move. I was setting up. So I'm probably going to get drunk a lot faster. Yeah, cheaper. I mean, after you're drunk, that taco is going to be really good. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you go to Taco Bell, and it's the best thing ever. (laughs) If it's actually a good taco, then it's going to be outstanding. Actually, I like Taco Bell, so I can't say anything. How about this orgasmic? orgasmic. (laughs) It's an orgasmic taco. I like, that's a $5 word, Jessica. You get the prize. (laughs) I don't want to know what that prize is. (laughs) No, I don't think you do. I think it came from Hustler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kayla's like, no. If it came from Hustler, it's not a $5 orgasm. Hi, Nicole's mom. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll go. Okay, Alyssa. Hi, guys. Go so, on, I read The Countess Conspiracy by Courtney Milan. It is the only romance book on this podcast today. It's the only romance <laughs> book on this podcast. Thanks That's for representing. True. It's the only romance on the book podcast ever, Most really. Um, <laughs> so it's a historical romance, and it is set in Regency England, and it stars Victoria and Sebastian, and sorry, Violet and Sebastian. I'm so tired. <laughs> Already messing up. So Violet and Sebastian. And Violet is a scientist, which at this time was not something that women were really supposed to be doing. Um, This is a time when Jane Austen published Pride and Prejudice, and it wasn't published under her name. It was just published under Unknown, because women didn't write books. Um, Companies did not print books by women. And so, as a scientist, that's an extra, extra bad thing for a woman to be at this time. And so Sebastian, um, out of the kindness of his heart, is acting as the face of her science. And so what she studies is genetics via plants and flowers. Um, It's kind of the idea of, at this time, they were working on the Punnett Square and how you could cross certain flowers and get certain traits, cross different flowers, get different traits. That's as much science as you're going to get out of me today, because that's not why I read this book. I'm impressed you remembered Punnett Squares. Come on, science is freaking awesome. I mean, science is awesome, but it's not why I read this book. So Violet's great, and so is Sebastian. And so um, Violet is a dowager countess, which means that her husband has died. And it's been about five or six years since her husband's been dead. Um, He was older and she was younger and he had a tumble down the stairs and died. (laughs) And, are you okay? (laughs) 
I mean, it's, it is terrible, but that's not really a part of the book. It's already happened. <laughs> Maybe how nonchalant you are about it. And he fell down the stairs and died. And well, it that's sounds it. like she said he had a tumble down the stairs like he was shoved. <laughs> no, he actually just had a tumble down the stairs. He just fell down. Just fell. It's fine. There isn't any murder in this book. Uh, I know. It's such a bummer. So, so over the course of this kind of oh, symbiotic scientific relationship, um, as it turns out, Sebastian has been in love with Violet the whole time. But also, as it turns out, Violet has not been in love with him the whole time. And so when he confesses his feelings to her, she is... Um, disgruntled's not the right word, but it's really close. <laughs> um, she's like, I don't feel that way about you. That's a bummer. And he's like, well, that's fine. I've loved you for forever. Um... I haven't really done anything about it now, so, you know, we can just keep going on. Violet's not super comfortable with feelings, and so now that she knows about Sebastian's feelings, um, she can't really be around him anymore, and she feels really uncomfortable, and she's like, I don't think we can continue to do this science thing together. <laughs> but over the course of the book, <laughs> Jessica, stop laughing. We can't do this science thing together because I don't want to do the sex thing together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, saying. that's pretty much, yeah, that's correct. No sex, <laughs> no science. Poor Alec. He's sitting there in the front trying so hard not to laugh because he's sitting next to his mom. It's just awful. <laughs> hey, baby, talk science to me. <laughs> And he's blushing 12 <laughs> shades of red right now. Yeah, you thought I blushed. <laughs> Refocus. <laughs> so, um, because this is a romance, um, throughout the course of the story, Violet realizes that she has feelings for Sebastian, too. Um, that's it. That's the story, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, one of the great things that I like about this story is um, kind of shows how things haven't changed that much for women um, since the 1800s. So one of the big themes of the story is being able to give birth because Violet cannot and that's the reason why she had such a contentious relationship with her last husband because this is a time when a woman's worth was based on whether or not she could produce children, mostly produce sons, but to produce children at all. And because she can't um, she feels like less of a woman, and that's something that we still talk about today in society. But also kind of, it brings in the themes of women in science, which is still something that the scientific world struggles with. There are studies that have been done about how men get 75% more grant money than women do in STEM fields. They can't find any other reason other than that they're men, not women. Um, and so that's why I love reading historical romances like this is because kind of allows us to comment on what's happening today, but in a fun, romantic way. So that was The Countess Conspiracy by Courtney Milan. Thank you, Alyssa. That was lovely. You're and welcome. I am totally digging that purple hair. Thank you. I love it. That it's awesome. That is just so sweet. <laughs> and I have to say that in a week, Alyssa will be my neighbor. I yes. know, it's so exciting. Bonnie's going to move it into is. her it's apartment. I'm going to be able to see her apartment from my porch. It's That's both, how close we're going to live to each other. That's both exciting and a little scary that Keep she's going to know what closed. I do in my apartment. <laughs> At all times. I don't want to hear this information, you. I think. I have kind of a funny story about moving. What? You know, I'm moving, so I'm throwing like a bunch of crap away that I don't use, that I haven't used in like years. Mm -hmm. I know. 
Yeah, she took books. But that's not what my story is about. My story is about I got rid of a bunch of sh- stuff. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and then I went to the store because I was out of coffee, and you can't be out of coffee because that's a sin. And I accidentally bought whole beans instead of ground coffee. But one of the things I did not throw away is my coffee grinder. Thank you, because I think I gave you that. That would really piss me off. Uh, no, Stacy bought that for me. It's her other wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she threw away all Tyler's memories instead. Yeah, I'm like, throw it away. He's like, no sentimental value. I'm like, eh, you're still here. It's fine. What did you do? We'll make new memories. What? What did you do? Like, watch the Marie Kondo thing? Or is that what sparked this whole... No, she's No, I'm just sick of moving all of this crap that I have from apartment to apartment. And I never even look at it. Who needs memories? (laughs) Just get rid of them. But keep the coffee grinder because that's important. Okay, I'm done with my story. The end. Priorities. Okay, so the book that I chose to talk about tonight is called Bridge of Clay, and it's by Marcus Zusak. And has anybody read, like, The Book Thief or any other of the awesome? Because I, all of his books that I've read, I think there's only one now that I haven't read, but they are all amazing. And so I chose Bridge of Clay. It came out in November, I believe. So it's a fairly new release. And it is my favorite book that he's written so far. Um, I'm the type of person who, when I read a book, I love things that are kind of morose and really make you think about like whatever they're talking about. Um, and Marcus Zusak, his writing in this was pretty much poetry. Um, his descriptions of absolutely everything were beautiful. Uh, and it was a very depressing and demanding and Moreau's um, story. Um, but essentially, it, it follows the story of five boys, and they call them the Dunbar Boys. And it takes place in Australia. And the middle child, I guess, his name's Clay. It really follows his story, but you find out that uh, these boys kind of live in a house together, and their parents aren't really around, and you don't know why at first. Um, and they're very wild. Um, only one of them is over 18, uh, and they kind—they like to go fight people. Um, the underage ones like to go sneak into bars. Um, so are they, very uh, troubled. Are they from Jones, Oklahoma? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. In a very troubled point in their life, and they start telling you about Clay, and he's one of the quietest of, of the brothers and uh, he likes to do this thing. It's really weird, but this is how they kind of open the story, is him running on a track, and there's a bunch of guys out there that are trying to catch him and beat him up, but he's trying to be fast enough that nobody can catch him, and they just do that for fun, and that, which to me is terrifying. I don't quite understand that, but that goes, like, just the story and that he's troubled enough that that's something you would just go do for fun. It kind of plays into it. So they go on and they're essentially trying to tell you about how A, they lost their mother, and B, they kind of blame their father, and they call their father the murderer. So at some point the murderer comes home, but that's what they call him. Um, and so that the entire story is about these boys what they're going through and what they've gone through and their relationships and 
how they feel about their parents. It, it, the entire story is heartbreaking, but I swear you have to read it just for the, like just for the writing. It is literally poetry, at least for me. I absolutely love it. Okay. So, okay. And that's called uh, Bridge of Clay by Marcus Zusak. Hi, Kayla. Oh, could be. Yeah, it could be. Their Hi. Kayla Gore. <laughs> Not you. Hey, the Kayla. The other Kayla. And Wisconsin. Woohoo, Wisconsin. We see you. We love cheese. Okay. <laughs> it's All she cares about is cheese from Wisconsin. There are lots of other things. Wisconsin. There are cheese curds. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has <laughs> massive mosquitoes, for example. Well, the curds are good, too. Well, that's you can they also have them. horse flies. I mean, to be fair, they all make me sick, but I'm still... <laughs> Okay with it. Everywhere has horse flies and mosquitoes, Martha. (laughs) I know, but the ones in Wisconsin are really persistent. (laughs) Are you ready yet, Jessica, darling? Am I ready? Yeah. I'm never ready. Well, it's going to be you or Kayla. Because I'm not. Kayla's shrinking. I have to go last. That is the law of the land. Uh, You're not even recording. The one recording this time. I don't care. I still get to go last. Y'all should just rock, paper, scissors for it. I can't believe that you're passing along the recording. I can't believe that I gave her, look at this, Nicole. Not because Nicole isn't capable, just because you're such a control freak. I'm a control freak. It it is well known and documented. Whenever we go anywhere, she has to drive. It's like, you know, a control thing. Somebody has to to be on top, honey. That's all I'm saying. Somebody has to take control of the situation, and it's usually me, but this time I'm I'm just saying every once in a while, I'd like to be on top. Are you sure you want me with a microphone with all of this discussion? Because I'm going to be apologizing to Nicole's mom the whole night, if that's the case. Sorry, Nicole's mom. Is our recording still recording? Yeah, how bad is... Are you going to... Never mind. What? What are we Jessica's doing? turn. I was going to say, how bad are you going to make Jessica laugh before? It, no, so that I'm she not going to make her laugh at all. So that she, that, yeah. Jessica. Don't Dolly. make her nervous. Don't say anything about her mic levels. I Don't mess you, up. I'm really freaking close to this microphone. So if you have anything to say, just get it out now. You sound <laughs> fabulous. Get right on up close. Bring out, the, bring out the good voice, the, the deep. The hey. deep voice? I don't, so. ha- I don't have... Um, just Never imagine mind. your mom. Okay. <laughs> Don't mess with her. She's already fragile. No, take, take it away. You got it. Fragile. <laughs> Flustered. Different. Um, okay. So I did the dark descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. So to start, who here's read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? It's a lot of people. I hadn't. So uh, I harassed my little brother about it the entire time I was reading this book. So The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein is the telling of the Frankenstein story from uh, one of the minor characters, well, one of the female characters' perspective. It's told from the perspective of Elizabeth Lavenza, who is the girl who is bought by the Frankensteins to be Victor Frankenstein's, like, playmate as a kid because he's, you know... Frankenstein. (laughs) If you know how Frankenstein ends, you know what he does. Like, he's not a good person, and it's awful. And um, this is a really popular thing that people do right now, I guess, because as I was researching this book a little bit more, a lot of people are taking classic stories and writing them from the perspective of feminine characters, because during this time period, feminine characters didn't sell. It's like a masculine time. So it kind of plays off of Alyssa's thing. Like, in the... 18th century in Europe, women were not treated super great. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. 
So um, this is a story, Elizabeth's story of how she gets bought by the Frankensteins to be Victor's playmate. She keeps him in check, kind of like she knows how to control his tempers. And there's just so many things. And she does whatever is necessary to be needed because she doesn't have any money of her own. And not being needed anymore means being back on the streets and being, you know, let go. You basically die kind of thing. It's a death sentence for a girl in the 18th century. And so um, it tells, it goes through flashbacks from them like growing up together and Victor doing things that are really dark that kind of foreshadow what he becomes. And so if you've read The Tale of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, it kind of fills in some holes, some different parts. And like that story, it brings up the question of like, who's the real monster? Is it the person who makes this monster or is the person who is the monster? Like, you know? And, and it really brings up how poorly treated women were during this time period. And um, like there's a scene in it where she's trying to stop Victor from trying to make another monster. Because his whole in game is to make a perfect monster. And um, he puts her in an insane asylum. <laughs> and so there's this whole little bit where she's in an insane asylum talking to those women who are put there because one wanted to get away from an abusive husband. So she's crazy because you don't want to divorce your husband. What? and just all these things. And so, and then there's a quote from the book where he says, you're mine, Elizabeth Lavenza, and nothing will take you from me, even death. And it's just kind of dark. And and uh, Kirsten White wrote the book as a celebration of the 20th, and 200th, 20th, oh. <laughs> 200th anniversary of its publication. And her author's note, which if you're gonna read the book, I would go to the back and read the author's note because listening to it was so enlightening because her whole purpose for writing this book was to honor Mary Shelley. So she picked a female character because when Mary Shelley wrote this book during the time, she a lot of her work was like accredited to her husband, sort of, and it was just really good. And it was really, and it was a great book. I didn't want to stop listening to it. I actually didn't stop listening to it for a while, but it was great. Um, somebody else talk now, please. <laughs> <laughs> You did such a okay. good job. That was called, the, uh, remind us who the title and author were. Um, the Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by so Mary, or by Kirsten White. <laughs> you almost said Mary Shelley. I did. You? I do have a question about the book. What was the, because you read the original, the. I didn't. You didn't read the book that it was? Uh, the Frank, I didn't read Frankenstein. No, I, like, you can ask Alec. I harassed but her brother him. did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, him. so did this happen in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? And he was like, no. So or, yes. The, I mean, like specifics in the story. Did you did you note any differences from what you had heard from the original compared to the perspective of the female? Um, not. Like, I she sticks to the same plot, but she fills in holes from, like when Elizabeth isn't there for things. So like she goes through Elizabeth's perspective. So like she there's a period of time where he's at college trying to and making his monster, mm. where she's trying to find him and bring him home because oh. she knows that he's having a bad time, and that's the other thing is Elizabeth goes to the ends of the earth to be needed by Victor, and some of the stuff she does is kind of dark, <laughs> to save herself basically. Cool. And you know what's cool is this this is the first time we're hearing this review, because yeah. we didn't get a chance to have Jessica be on the podcast because she's so busy. I'm not that busy i mean your education's important yeah she's away at college. <laughs> she's a college student so we don't want to you know bring her grade point average down by making her read drawing her down to the gutter with us i don't 
She's actually making a monster in college, just like the bird. She is. That's she it. is. Yeah. That's what you're doing? Be prepared. That's what I'm doing at the hospital. Oh, no. So was it, did it have the gross bits like, uh, like the original? Of course, you didn't read the original. I didn't read the original. But there is, um, it was there pretty. are some gross bits where, um, like, she finds him, and then she finds his lab, and you get to see all of the nasty stuff from her perspective. And then it takes it further. The end, it adds, has a different ending where they get away and like oh. she gets to live on her own because the entire, her entire life she's been this abandoned Austrian princess who lost her hair or, like, or lost her fortune because her father was arrested or something like that. Turns out she actually has money and that's why the Frankensteins wanted her. Uh. And... Uh, Taking away a woman's autonomy. Yeah. Take, so she's, her entire life she's lived to be needed. Well, actually, she probably could have lived on her own. <laughs> it's really dark. Anyways. But one of the... Because I read a bunch of reviews, and this book has gotten so many great reviews, and I hope that I did it justice. But one of the <laughs> reviews I read on Goodreads said, five stars. Well, that was dark and delicious, and I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> but, well, okay. it almost sounds like something I would read. I feel like you would enjoy it, actually, with your love of horror. I don't know. It just—it sounds like there's a little bit too much dark and delicious. What could be wrong with that? Sounds great. <laughs> it's pretty uh, good. I, I like don't my know. <laughs> dark and delicious, baby. <laughs> I actually considered reading it before we before we came here, but uh, right? I think you would like it. The only like. Yeah, but if there's any inkling of romance anywhere near the book, oh. except she likes Outlander. romance adjacent. You She's just not made me roll it. my eyes so hard, you nearly gave me an aneurysm. I couldn't Shut. see it. But what? she likes Outlander, <laughs> which is a romance. That's I know, true. and I read that one book that mm. about the A.J. Fickery book. That was and not that was a romance so novel. A romance. That was so it was so a romance. It was so not. Martha, what is so bad about romance? Teacher, teacher, can I interject? (laughs) 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 The only romance in this book, and I say romance, it's not really romance, because she's like calculating what she needs to do to not get stuck back out on the streets. Uh, So she's like, so I have to either save Victor or marry this person. You know? uh, That's smart. So I might actually like this. Yeah, it's definitely very, she's, she's, after her her own interests, but for good reason, kind of person. Like, and that's the thing. Sounds she, like me a little bit. Okay. She's definitely like one of those flawed characters that you love because she's real. So yeah, okay. Well, now that does it for me. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, by the way, hi Erica from North Dakota. Love you. Does anybody else have questions or comments about the book I reviewed before we move on? And no one asked about before my book. Nobody asked about <laughs> Alyssa's book at all. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was familiar with the general story. I've watched a bunch of Frankenstein movie. Like I've watched Young Frankenstein probably more yes. times than I could count. Young Frankenstein. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was familiar with the general story, but after reading it, I really want to read Frankenstein to kind of compare and contrast. But yeah, this is my little brother who's read it, and I kept asking him. I was like, "So did this happen in the original Frankenstein? Is there something she added?" Or so I would suggest reading it first if you're going to read this book. But it's a really good take on it, and I like it. Great. Anybody else? Any questions about Alyssa's book? Did anyone read my book? Or Jessica's book? <laughs> Shauna. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. On a romance reading. Sure. <laughs> so if I wanted to start being a romance reader, yeah. What, what would you suggest? 
It is a good start. Um, I will say it's actually the third in a series. You don't have to read them in order, which is why I picked it. It's my favorite. Um, Courtney Milan is a great author to start with. If you like, do you like historical books? Yes. Yeah, she's a great place to start for historical books, and so is Julia Quinn, who I've reviewed on the podcast before. Um, the great thing about romance is it's literally the richest part of the industry, and so your options are l quite literally limitless. You just kind of decide, what are the things I want to read about? And I can guarantee you there's a romance about that thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, I heard your review of that hockey one. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> I did that. Which one? <laughs> the, I think that was like one of the first ones, well, at least the first one in which I was there for it when Alyssa was there. Yeah, I reviewed a hockey romance. Yeah, But to add on to that, I think, I am not big, I never go into the romance area and to say I'm going to go read a romance it's book. It's just me on this podcast. Well, no, but, <laughs> but we love you and you're so good at it. You're you know? great at it. But we were talking about this a few weeks ago. If you actually go, like here, if you f go find the romance section and you go in there, you are going to be surprised at the books that are classified as romance because yeah. I read... One of the books that I'm currently obsessed with is Outlander, which Ooh. I know I'm way behind the times, but that's probably because of my age um, <laughs> and the fact that it was published before. She wasn't even born. Yeah, I wasn't born when the <laughs> that first was one written. was published. But I'm obsessed with it right now. Well, technically, it's considered uh, like romance, uh, and it's that's the biggest classification for Outlander, which I probably wouldn't have... I wouldn't have put it in that category it anywhere. What, what's the reason that they classify? If the plot can't move forward without the romance, then it's not a romance novel? Yeah, that's the general definition Something of romance. Something like that? Yeah. If you still just go into the romance section, like I challenge you to go into the romance section Please. tonight, and you will be surprised about how many books are in there that you wouldn't think were a romance and that you would actually really enjoy reading. Like, what do you want to learn about? I learned about Punnett squares for this book. Excuse me? <laughs> Punnett squares. squares. It's a thing I did Have back in the ninth grade. Have you never done a Punnett square? And it's like jeans what and it's like dominant and... Dominant and recessive. And recessive jeans. And you can build a square. Uh, it's yeah. square. Okay. I learned more about, about them by reading this book. It's how you figure out how what percentage, like if you have someone that has blue eyes and some well, gotcha, brown gotcha, eyes are gotcha. harder. Gotcha. Okay. But, well, I think it's Kayla's turn. <gasps> Kayla. Oh, wait, we didn't do it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did a giveaway. So out of breath from running to the bathroom. <laughs> did you sprint? Just had to say. Yeah. Did you run? Not yeah, because it's Cleveland. Cleveland. She's yeah. not joking. It is. It's, it's so it's far away. It's so far away. It's bra. It's behind the No, it was just bouncing. <laughs> it's all good. Everyone needs a little bounce in their life. Kayla, you've been pretty dang quiet over there. I know there's things going through your brain and all right now. she does now. is smile. Did you realize a smile does not translate very well? Sometimes you are very intimidating, Martha. I am not. Okay. This is my first time here. Could, um, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Sure. Okay. So this is Martha. Hi. This is Vonnie. I'm Nicole. Hello. Uh, we're, we started Three Book Girls Podcast, and we have several contributors regularly. Uh, this is Alyssa. Uh, Jessica and Kayla and so uh, you can always follow our podcast on uh, well, SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, Twitter, anywhere. Everywhere. You can to we also anywhere. have a website uh, threebookgirls.com on uh, WordPress you can go there but and basically we're the original three right here 
And then these our are contributors. Our wonderful contributors who add to our deliciousness. Aww. Yes. They're gross. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Jessica. Except for Jessica. Nobody likes ginger. I don't have a soul, so it's fine. <clears throat> She's a redhead. She doesn't have a soul. So I don't like ginger with my sushi. I'm just saying. Uh, we started the podcast back in 2016. Nicole and I are co-workers. We both work for Cumulus Media. And we were discussing the disgusting uh, absence. absence of people who talk about books. Because people would talk about the movies they watch, they talk about the shows they watch, but nobody was having conversations about books. Even though I would go around the office specifically asking people what they've read. Well, most of them would say, I haven't had a read a book since high school. <laughs> and I hate that. And Nicole said, since so she's obviously very much younger than me, she said, why don't we do a podcast? Mm-hmm. And I said, a what? <laughs> a what? <laughs> but at the time, Bonnie and I were in a book club together called Open Book, which was basically exactly what this podcast was. We would get together every week and talk about what we were reading and make recommendations. Except it, nobody came to our podcast. It was our just pretty club. much us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just pretty much us. And, and no, we had other people for a while. Yeah, for a while, we and had then they all just left people, us. about five people, and then little by little, everyone trickled away, so it was just us yep. being lonely. So mm-hmm. then she said, hey, we're going to start a podcast. You want to be on? I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our origin story. Yep. And then Vani and I met at work. We had a really intense talk about the Kite Runner one day, which was awesome and depressing at yes. the same time. <laughs> yes, very much so. And so I got brought in, and then... I met them at dinner. Yeah, yeah, we, we had dinner, like, dinner do you one like time. Books? You look like you like books. <laughs> See, this is how we are. Yeah, we, are we go out and, and search for people who are readers. We're like, Hi, my name is Vani and I like books. So funny story, sometimes they're like, there's new person's gonna be on the podcast and I literally have to be like, Where did you meet this person and have you done a background check? Or are you just inviting yeah, terrible. random people off the streets because one day we're gonna get in no, trouble if you keep not doing that. Lie. I'm not even gonna lie. That's because Kayla was one of our I listeners, was. and they were like, "We're bringing one of our listeners on the podcast." And I was like, "Okay." We're like, "Who is this?" So Kayla, tell your story, lady? please. What is she doing here? Um, I found them by googling book podcasts, and they came up, and I was like, "Ooh, Oklahoma City!" So I listened to them, and they were my kind of raunchy and talking about books. <laughs> so. The first episode I listened to, they were talking about Joe Hill. The heart oh, shape yeah. Joe Hill. That's a good one. Joe so Hill. they were talking about first editions and things. So I happened to go into Goodwill that week, and I saw that book. Not my genre at all. But I happened to pick it up, and it was a first edition. Great condition. So I messaged the page. And I said, hey, I found this book. It's a first edition. I'm from Lawton. Kind of, do you want this book? <laughs> I don't want it. And, and I'm like, she's like, she's like, come to the podcast. Do you want to come up and be on our podcast? We really like that. And my, my dad is like, but come on up. It's like, Nicole, do you know these people? Like, you're just going to drive up there and be in this room with these. Don't take my grandkids. Don't take my grandkids. <laughs> and now we we're all are friends. pretty frightening, really. Yeah. 
Okay. I think so too. Shauna. Yes. Since you traveled the farthest. We think we're gonna give you a prize. We're gonna give you two prizes. Yay! And that's you can thank R.L. Kaufman for that because she just suggested it on our Facebook Live. Rock We're going to give you a Three Book Girls mug and a tote bag. Woo. Woohoo. Congratulations. What's that one say? It's so Aww. cute. <laughs> How cute. Sure. Yeah. The worst book you ever read? Yes. The worst book the we dinner. ever read. Um, <laughs> I would have to say the worst book I ever read was Fifty Shades of Grey. That was what I was going to say. That was mine, too. Sorry for you all the Fifty romance. Shades of Grey fans no, out there, but I absolutely book. hated that did book. Did anyone in this room love Fifty Shades of Grey? Garrett, <laughs> you didn't read it. <laughs> the whore in the corner really loved Fifty Shades of Grey. Anybody else really love it? Justin's been on the podcast too, so that does not surprise me at all, Justin. Well, I'm not going to say anything bad for anyone who's read that book because reading is wonderful no matter what you read. I just don't personally like the story whatsoever or the writing or have any desire to go on to read any of the other books after the first one. I got one. What's yours? The dinner. Oh, the dinner was uh, really It was awful. so bad. I was. You like that, Shauna? Oh. Who's it by? Yeah. Oh, crap. for those of us who don't know, I don't know. Is Herman it cock or coke? By the way, it's a party. <laughs> Shauna says it's cock, so it must be cock. Um. Can I share it? It was. Oh, go ahead. Go for go it. Ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. No, no. It was just so like. I was really hyped up for it, and then I was like, "It was disappointing." I was talking about I was talking about the, the author, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I share an unpopular opinion about a book I didn't like? Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't like The Giver. <gasps> you see? Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't like you didn't like it. What was wrong with The Giver? There was actually a collective gasp through for that. No, audience. not for me. The writing was just, it was too, it wasn't at all conversational. Like it, People don't talk the way that, I don't know. You're, I could not stay with it. You're looking at a man it. who's read like five books. My favorite is Dr. Seuss. Five. Okay, by the way, I've read, <laughs> I've read Green Eggs and Ham. No, but. but I do not like them, the Sam I Am. I didn't, I love, I did not like The Giver, Sam I Am. I, I just could not do, the thing is I had to write a book report in like middle school or high school about it. And my mom who reads books like weekly she would read a new book she loves reading she's all about reading I said mom just read me the giver and then I'll write the book report she goes okay if that's how you're gonna get through it and then she started reading it in about three pages in she's like no we can't do it that book is garbage we can't so I'm like even even okay. avid readers don't like it so, unpopular oh. opinion I feel like some be books reach like that status where they're like taught in high school That's and then automatically they're a classic or something right. like that. But they kind of suck. Like I have gotten through the first two chapters of The Catcher in the Rye six different yeah. times and I can't get through it. <laughs> yes, can't get way. past it. I feel the same way about Tom Sawyer. I read it when I was 13. I didn't want to read a book about a boy and his adventures and I haven't reread it since. <laughs> okay. I know okay. one book I read that I know that two of our book girls really loved was The Power. I loved I it. I did not like the power. I loved the power. Vivian, you loved the power? I loved the power. And I know it was a popular book, but I just didn't like it. I well, just didn't like the story. 
The writing was, was good, but I didn't like it. Disturbing. The power very disturbing. It's like one of those books that's really, really good, and then at other times it makes you want to throw up because you're like, yeah, it was very disturbing. But it's really good. As I read it, the further I got to the end of it, it was like, no. <laughs> no, this just can't happen. I don't like this book at all, but I'm going to keep reading it. <laughs> so we argue about books constantly, especially yes. since we meet once a week to record this podcast, obviously. Uh, and we can go get pretty cutthroat at it. I'm more mm-hmm. forgiving on like books if I don't really like it. I, I'm way more forgiving than Martha and Vonnie are. Uh, yeah, just kinda. like in, uh, I'll still rate something higher. And I'm not going to call out the book that I'm gonna, I'm talking about, but I received a book uh, recently, and I got maybe ten pages in and said I cannot even do this. The paragraphs were not even indented on the, on it. Oh no! Uh, in the first like two pages, there were like spelling errors, a uh, sentence like completely like if I'm noticing spelling errors in a book, then there's book, something wrong. Then man, so is that can is you that the author's fault or is that the editor's fault? They were self-published, so I feel bad, but I just couldn't. If you're gonna self-publish, so gonna dude, you've out. got to get somebody to yeah. look at it. But so when we talk about worst, like the worst books you read. For me, that's really the only reason I would ever put a book down or even classify. I know other people have different classifications for what they would consider the best or the worst. Robbie. So Robbie? If you get a halfway through a book and you can't finish it, do you still count it to your reading goal? Yes. 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 Well, it depends on how fast all, or how far I go. If you go halfway through a book, that's half your freaking life of a bad book. Of course you count it. It's like I think teeth. it's so interesting that you just brought that up because I've been massively counting like the pages that I've been reading. That the amount of books I've been reading in a year, all of that stuff, and I cannot bring myself to, because there are a couple books that I've only read half of, I cannot bring myself to add them to my red list. I feel, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm cheating myself. On there. I'm not going to add the extra 300 pages to my page count that I shouldn't have, because technically I didn't finish it. I feel guilty. Through a crappy book, halfway. Come on But I now. didn't finish it, so technically I didn't read it. I mean, it. isn't a quarter of the way through a song like officially one stream? Yes. But I that's think you'll be alright. I <laughs> yeah. think you'll be okay just counting the whole book. I just feel so halfway. guilty. Yeah, yeah well. it's fine. Well, like, Make that your guilty pleasure. What was it? I read a... <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I found on uh, Book Riot, and I can send it to anybody who wants it, there's actually a PowerPoint, or not a PowerPoint, a, like an Excel spreadsheet through uh, Gmail, and this is going to sound completely OCD, but you put in, <laughs> <Nicole> <laughs> please it. don't laugh at me, I've actually been using it, you add your, like, the author, the publisher, the date you read it, the date you fit or began it, finished it, how many pages it is, you can actually change it into audio, and it'll, and then you do the time it took you to read it, so then, at the end of the year, you can go to a new tab, and it actually has all of these charts for you. So you can, on top of all the uh, random information you would think to put into this spreadsheet, it also had, are you reading a person of color? What gender is the author? Is there anybody in the book that's LGBTQ? Like, so you can go and count all these st- statistics, and it'll give you charts at the end of the year to show you like, how diverse your reading is. 
Oh yeah, because so. we we got a bad review. So if anybody wants that chart, I can like book riot published it, but I can share it for you. Then you just copy it onto your Gmail and use it however you want to. You can even change it if you need to. So rock on review. Are you ready, Kayla? <laughs> okay. Before I start, I will say that I have a very rare opinion about a book that was very popular. I read Woman in the Window. And that was probably the first book I publicly gave like two stars and was okay with it. I will say that I think the movie this year will be better than the book. It was, I was very upset that it was over 400 pages and I spent the time reading it and I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) See, that's how I am too. Like the plot twist came and I was like, finally, and it's not even that great. I gave that book away happily. And I did not read it because of Kayla's opinion. Yep. I actually thought it was an interesting book. Now, I wouldn't rate it like a five, but I, it was probably at least a three. And my thing is, if I can't read, like rate a book at least a three, I don't review it because I feel bad. I feel like the author needs to know not everybody likes your books. And this is why. Like, just saying. It gets all real up in Kayla's reviews. She doesn't play. Does not play. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to bring the mood down because that's what I do sometimes. Um, the book I'm reviewing is called Praise Song for the Butterflies by Bernice McFadden. It's probably the smallest book up there, but I would say next to Vani's, fairly intense. I read it in about two hours um, because it was that good. Uh, it takes place, it starts off in West Africa. Uh, it follows a nine-year-old child. Her name's Abeo Kata. She's living a good life. Her dad's part of the government. They have, everything's going great until things start going wrong. And when things start going wrong, her grandma comes to live with them, and it's her father's mother, and she tells her father, it's because of this child. You have to get rid of this child. So at first he doesn't listen, his wife fights him on it, you know, don't listen to her, your mom believes in the old ways, we're not doing this. But he caves in, and he goes and drops his child off in this village where it's filled with um, girls whose parents, whose families have disowned them for these religious reasons. And they're basically um, sex slaves to this chief So she stays there probably six or seven years. And she finally ends up um, being rescued by a woman who has come over from uh, from the United States who has heard about these stories and, you know, starts a organization to rescue these girls to try to bring them back into a regular life. And Abeo is one of the girls. So she gets her and she gets in contact with Abeo's aunt who lives in America. And so Abeo ends up coming over to America. Um, what I liked the most about the book was the intensity. There, the author didn't hold any punches. It was there on the first page. It opens with a potential murder scene. And that's what drew me in. And it all ties in back at the end. And when I say it was rough to read, knowing that these are what children went through, especially girls, it was it was rough, but I couldn't put it down, and I rated it five stars. Ooh. So, 
That's my book, Praise Song for the Butterflies by Renice McFadden. And because I rated that book so high, I went ahead and blindly bought one of her other books. And? It's called... Did the you house. read it yet? I haven't. I just got it. Oh. <laughs> I like, but you read the other one in like two hours. What's wrong? Okay. Have you read um, How Dare the Sunrise? No. You should. Okay. It's, mem- it's How Dare the Sunrise, Memoirs of a War Child. And oh, Lord. I cannot say her name at all. It's awful. But you should read it. Okay, I'm going to look it up now. Do it. It's like uh, six hours on audio, so it's real short. Okay, Martha, are you ready? I'm Ho- hold on, ready. Martha, I before you go. I am so ready. Hold Martha. on, Martha. Wait. Wait. Um, okay. Out of all the people I invited to this event who were like, oh, I love books, I love to read, blah, 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 one person showed up. And really? it is my fellow college friend, band nerd, book lover, Kim. I won't, she, she doesn't want to raise her hand. She doesn't Woo, have Kim. to, but Woo. she's over there. Thank Thanks you. for coming out, Kim. Thank you. We love Kim. Okay. Is it my turn now? Yes. All right. I just hazed my family in the show. So if, if I were to choose a book that would fall perfectly into my weird need for science fiction and hilarity combined, this would be that book. It's called Space Opera by Catherine M. Valente. I love this book. <laughs> now, if, and Jessica read this too, so she's going to be able to chime in on this. If you read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you will understand the weirdness from which this springs because it is very, very odd. Um, the main character, the whole time I was reading this, Jessica, correct me if I'm off base here, but... No, you're good. The main character... Um, reminded me Decibel Jones Decibel Jones reminded me of the guy from The Flaming Lips (laughs) that's okay Wayne Coyne yeah so imagine if you will my friends Wayne Coyne Wayne Coyne saving the world and proving its sentience (laughs) can you imagine it nothing against you Wayne if you're a listener of this podcast but um, basically (laughs) Basically, um, Justin's dying. What did Justin say? All at once, all over the world, an alien appears in your living room. All at exactly the same time. And it appears to be a giant flamingo type creature that speaks to you in the voices of your relatives. Yes, it's very odd. But basically what it tells us is that we, as human beings, are going to be allowed to participate in a galactic talent show. The Metagalactic Grand Prix. Yes, the Metagalactic, thank you. She's going to have to back me up on the details here because I'm never very good at remembering those names. I read it more recently in Spanish. <laughs> so basically, what is going to happen is this list of acts that the aliens believe could possibly win the talent show is absolutely unbelievable in our estimation. For example, did you think Yoko Ono might be on that list? Yeah. Yoko Ono was on the list. That was the funny. <laughs> I laughed for a solid five minutes when I read that. I'm not going to lie. But it takes place some sometime in 
in the future because she's dead in this book. So Aww. she can't participate. And there are a few other people we might recognize on the list. But they're in all dead also. Including, um, who else was on the list? Rihanna was on the list. <laughs> who else? I don't uh, think Rihanna was on the list. Everybody yeah, else on the list was, was dead. <laughs> but, everybody, but everybody else was dead or missing or something like that. So this guy who had one hit back way back when, his band has since broken up. He's addicted to heaven knows what. He's a complete loser, and he's the guy who's going to participate in this talent show. So they suck him up at the spaceship, and there he goes off to participate in the Medi Metagalactic Talent Show. Um, it is a very fun ride all the way through. I was, I was trying to get at the complexity of the language. It's a very complex book in that each sentence feels like it was crafted. There are no small words in this book, but yet it's hilarious. And I think that that was one of the reasons I loved it so much. It reminded me of Hitchhikers. Hitchhikers was a bit higgledy-piggledy. This book had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it was not quite as bizarre as Douglas Adams. <laughs> but yet, it was freaking awesome. Jessica, your thoughts? I agree. Uh, Douglas Adams would be proud of this book being yes. compared to Hitchhiker's. Who here has read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? See? So you know how like the sentences yes. are really long and you have to read the whole sentence like twice and you're like, oh, that was hilarious. That's every sentence yeah. in this book. <laughs> and it's really, really good. And I think my favorite quote from this book is where he's like, life is beautiful and life is stupid that way. And it's just really, it's really good. It's, it's, it's one hilarious. of those books that's going to go down in history as uh, I, I am I will be absolutely shocked if they don't make a movie out of this book yeah. I don't think it will do it justice it's just like pretty much every movie but um, basically do you think that we could prove that we're sentient beings based on a song based on a song yes because in space everyone can hear you sing it was awesome. I loved it. it I loved so it good. so, so much. And, and it was so hilarious because if you love an underdog, we're the underdog. Decibel Jones. <laughs> Decibel Jones is like the worst. Compared to all these crazy superhuman creatures who can do all these crazy things with their crazy pyrotechnics that they make themselves, humans kind of are. Yeah, so the, the talent show <laughs> itself, I mean, actually t takes place in, as part of their song, they give, they, they do they eat each other or do whatever they're going to do on stage. I mean, it actually, I, I know it's really bizarre. I'm I sorry. What? I know what? it's weird. Okay. They, they Alyssa, talk about, they eat each other on stage. No, give no, no, us no, no, this. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. They talk about hey, what is happening in sci-fi. <laughs> they talk about, I don't understand cannibalism. Also, obviously like I don't they talk about, um, some of the previous entries in this talent show where, as part of their performance, they do really bizarre stuff hmm. to prove that they're sentient. So they're like, their whole thing is they want to like pour their souls out to the rest of the galaxy to show that you are a sentient being and you're not going to get destroyed because you're not sentient. <laughs> and there's there are even several civilizations. There's one called the three two one, which is actually computers. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a good one. Yeah, the three two one is one of my favorites actually. They've 
mathematically come up with the best song ever. They came in what? Not last, but really close to last. You, basically, the, the object of the game is you have to come in Not anything last. but dead last. Anything but dead last is a winner. And then you'll be welcomed into the fold of the rest of the known universe, I guess. It's a fun book. Very fun. I hope you like it. It's called Space Opera by Catherine M. Valente. It's like rent in space. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guys, rent wasn't an opera, okay? I know, I know that. I know that. <laughs> it's in the music. No, no, it's still not a musical, quite. Though, right? It's I like Eurovision in okay. space. Has anyone watched Eurovision? No? No. Excellent. It's a European song contest where um, all of the countries of Europe and then sometimes some countries from the Middle East get together and do a televised singing competition and each country that participates can give points to say, we think you're the best and we think you're the best, but it's mostly known for the most insane wackadoodle performances. You know, it does kind of sound like that. Recorded. It does kind of it sound like that. <laughs> and of course, they're trying to sabotage each other. No, oh, there's a zombie race. What the hell was that zombie oh, race called? So they're a virus. Yes. So they like always, sh- they're a race that's a virus, so they always show up as different people and they just take over people's bodies, but they're sentient. It sounds like <laughs> it's a, a, it's a zombie race, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's with really uh, like some... Uh, zombies. Yep. Oh, shoot. Walking Dead. Yeah, some it's like dead the Walking Dead, in. except for the host has to agree to be consumed. Yeah, they've made it yeah. to where... Because that, like that makes them sentient. It's all about yeah. consent. <laughs> That's exactly now, right. Now you have to want to be. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're about to die and you're like, yeah, take over. Go so for it. So if they say no, they say, okay, <laughs> on to the next guest. Yeah. Oh. Can't consume this one. Yeah, we're going to skip these guys. They're They're not... Hit with the idea. Yeah, it's a really seriously. <laughs> Can we just throw? Out? Out. Did anybody read no this means book? No means no. Well, Space Opera, the uh, the audio version was awesome. I read like a physical copy, and it was still awesome. Well, it's still <laughs> awesome. I have a physical copy. Some of the aliens are like Lady Gaga meets like the characters from Star Trek. No, way weirder. Like but way weirder. Jesus is that like a good Jesus? Maybe no. <laughs> Jesus isn't in space. That's not. That's not a thing. Uh, guys, it's a movie quote, okay? I'm a movie guy. You guys are book people. I expect See, this is why he's on that side of the table. <laughs> he did come on the podcast twice, and we made arrangements for him to read a book. The first time he came... We made arrangements. We, we, well, like, is it like you assigned him a book? We told him reading. that in order to come back on the podcast, he had to then read a book. Or run Facebook Live. <laughs> so then he did read a book. And then I ran Facebook Live. And he came back on the podcast to tell us how much he loved the book we recommended to him. Mm-hmm. Because we're good that way. It was good. I need to read more Christopher Moore. I really do. Christopher Moore is awesome. Yeah. I yeah. like Christopher Some of Moore. his books. Some of his books get way weird, though. <laughs> read so. Space Opera. That's why I was saying. I'm like, in the read Space, space Opera. Mikey, like you should read this book. Martha read has space it. Opera. <laughs> read Space Who's Opera. It's Martha? mine. Okay, <laughs> my copy. That's cool. Come on. You can't do that to Bonnie's book. You can't see, you Facebook Live people can't see what Mike just did with that book, but use your imagination. So, read now has a boob book. Come on, give us a masculine perspective. Yeah, Josh, let us know a masculine perspective. Why can't I just be my perspective? Like a give non-reader's your... perspective? Yeah, Why give us It's always our... got to be about gender. 
Did you All just right. assume my gender? Right, well, I, quit. I mean, I'm going we are three but girls. <laughs> but no, we... y'all are six but girls, okay? I don't care what any of you say. <laughs> Every single time I've done anything for this podcast, it's been six of you. And I, just, I don't know what to do. It's three, the times two is like... Three is you just not enough. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like three and three. Also, never no choose a name for something when you're just starting. You <laughs> <laughs> right. called it book girls. It'd have been fun. Because there were three of us when we started this journey, and it so. did not stay that way. Like so, there's five episodes into it. We're like, hmm, what should we six, call ourselves? Seven, well, there's eight. three. The five so episode maybe book, book girls. girls. Yeah. So, now the. <laughs> <laughs> now it does Awkward. not fit. Okay, well, okay, yeah, so people ask me all the time, I thought you were three, but girls. I, any questions about space opera? Or anything? All right. Justin. When did it come out? Recently. <laughs> Google. He, what just, a very he just put it in his boob. I'm not going to look at it now. <laughs> I'll look at it. It's very yeah, recent. It's in the front of the book. He's not really sure like where to look. The copyright date was on there, okay? It's on the it's That's a, a fairly new book. 2018. Yeah. Text copyright. Yeah. Yep. This is why you've never heard of it before, Justin. Dude, that took... that. I was freaking out trying what? to find that copyright date, by the way. Rick and Morty <laughs> wait, 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 is not yes, a Come book. up here and tell us why it copied off Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is a popular cartoon for those of us who are old enough to still enjoy cartoons, but not so young as to dislike cursing in our cartoons. Anyway, there's an episode, season two, episode 10, the Rick Churian <laughs> Morty date. I can't believe he actually knows the episode Which is number. a play on the movie, The Manchurian Candidate. I've not seen it because I'm not 800 years old. Uh, hey. <clears throat> hey, it's great. Anyway, in that, a giant floating head shows up to Earth and tells the people that, of actually. Earth, Show me what you've got and makes them sing. Produce right. a pop song. It's like American Idol. Otherwise, but their planet gets destroyed if you lose. Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's actually the same thing. <laughs> sort of the same thing. By sort of the same thing, do you mean like exactly the same no, thing? No, it's minor, not exactly. With minor differences used to hide the themselves from the, the copyright police who are going to ch- make them pay Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon a boatload of money. Justin, and by boatload, I mean a very small amount. Shut your pie hole. You're harsh in my vibe. I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm just kidding. No, but that's actually a, a very good point because I did see that episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> but it was still an awesome book and I will still recommend it to people. I give him a round of applause for making that point. Like, I really dig that. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I did is because I've seen Rick and Morty. So. Okay, so I was on the last podcast when you reviewed this the first time. Oh, that's right. Oh, so hey. I brought my BFF in the whole wide world here, and we found it, the yes. last copy that they had here before you brought it here. She also read it, and what I thought was cool is that she said every couple of minutes, she was like, it's like I had to stop and get a, a dictionary out. Yes. But she also said that it was like such an incredible book just because of the descriptive language and stuff like that. So where I read Vox and she read Space Opera, so we're swapping <gasps> next time we see each other. Awesome. So your recommendation got a new reader for it. Yay! I love getting a new yes. reader. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was actually, the language in it was, it was like I was talking about before. Each sentence was crafted. I don't know how long it took this woman to write this book, but it had to be a while. Well, Travis has suggested that we should ask the audience if they have any book recommendations for us. <gasps> Ooh, yes, please. Great idea. Okay. I would have to say, though, that I read Vivian's um, recommendation. Thursday. That she, Huh? Thursday? 
No, no that uh, Carter and Lovecraft, the oh, second okay. one, yeah. that what's it called? At end of the end. world. Right. I just got done with that. And? It was awesome. I liked it. It was actually more political than the first one, which is right up my alley. And it had Nazis in it, which I mean, she loves the world. <laughs> Nazis War II, and political. It was. I was. It was my own orgasm. So I love that book. <laughs> and I read a Thousand Splendid Sons, which oh, that's a good one. That one's which good. you recommended to us, Sarah. That's a good one, Sarah. At one of the, when you were on our podcast, Sons. and I loved it. I will have to say that I liked the Kite Runner better, but it was a very good book, and I enjoyed it very much. And it was an emotional page turner, oh, which I know that you're just gonna grab that right up, Martha. Yep. Um, so my recommendation from the last time, and then she loaned it to me. Robbie loaned me the dinner list, Yay. and it was excellent. I read the dinner awesome. list. It was re- you awesome. read the dinner list. I just read it like what? a little while ago. I did. It does not seem up your alley. It, I think she told me I she didn't it. like it. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> it was really not my thing, but I did there read it. There we go. <laughs> I liked it. I, I am did, proud I of you. Loved it. I'm very proud of See, you. See, I do yeah. read other things. Mm-hmm. I just don't always like them. Ooh, did you read this book is full of spiders? Seriously, dude, don't touch it. No, I did not yet. Mm-hmm. And but I'm pretty, I will. I'm pretty sure I read one that Justin talked about. Uh, Chuck, um, Chuck Polinick. Polinick. Oh, look, Chuck he turned book. around and you said that. Yeah. He worked right up. You I didn't... read one of his one of the books that he talked about on the podcast. Which one? I can't remember which one. Was I don't it know. Choke? It was or it was raunchy and wrong. So was it choke? Everything <laughs> Chuck Polinick writes is raunchy right. and wrong. Everything. Oh damn, so, that was a bad one. So see, we learn a lot from our guests. Yeah. So, does so. anybody have any more recommendations for us? Come up Let's to the microphone so that we can hear your voice on the podcast. And tell us who do you think would benefit from it the most. I'm sorry for not knowing what you've already read in the past. That's uh, you're it's fine. Have you guys read anything by Sheldon Russell? No. He's an Oklahoma author. He writes nope. historical uh, fiction set in I don't Oklahoma. Think so. okay. His first book, he's come out with about six books, and his first one's called The Yard Dog, and it's set in Oklahoma in the 20s. And it's a mystery, historical mystery. I mean, yard dogs, as in, like, is it like gangster or is it like? Yard dog is a a detective on the uh, railroad back in the back in the twenties and thirties. I bet that's interesting. Yeah, he has. We should write this down. He is the 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 detective. Jessica's got us covered. She's writing them down. Thank you. The detective is a one-armed. He has only one arm to. Well, you know, I love the um, cuckoo's calling. That was one leg, so one arm. <laughs> so, Ooh, I love series. that one too. There's several uh, books in that Ooh. series, so I recommend. And that. we're always looking for Oklahoma awesome. authors as well. Thank you very much. Arthur keeps peeking out from behind the books over there. It's like every once in a while, he shakes his head. Out. <laughs> Arthur, come on. And Santa. then he hides. <laughs> Hi, Arthur. What's your suggestion? Yeah, it's the old man in the sea. Oh, <laughs> the old man in the sea is an acquired taste. But I did. I loved. Um, Thank I loved, you. Yes. Very true. But I, I loved uh, a favorite of arms for whom the bell tolls. The sun also rises. So it was a good. But the ending just really hurt me. <laughs> Shauna, do you want to come up to the mic? Uh, no. Uh, please? 
<laughs> that sounds came terrible, all the Martha. way from Houston. You need to be on the podcast. I can talk loud enough. Um, I think um, like two of my very favorite books that I recommend to everybody is one is The Constellation of Vital Phenomena. Have you heard that? I love it just by the title. It's by Anthony Mara, and it's, I think Ronnie would like it because it's about war. <laughs> I do like war. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of Chechnya and Russia during that time. And it huh? is beautiful. And Nicole might like it because it's poetic language. It is phenomenal. It is really, really good. That sounds like something we would both like. It really does. We, we also both like the historical fiction. I always recommend it to people that don't read. And then the other one is A Fraction of the Whole by Steve Holtz, who's an Australian author. And it takes Marcy, you might like that. It's kind of zany. And I love zany. Yes. yes. Um, follows a father and son duo um, from Australia to Thailand to a lot of different places. They go to a lot of different um, uh, adventures. Oh, cool. Thank I'm you. I'm stuff down this super Robbie cute. Has, Robbie Robbie. has one. Okay, so I read The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It was a phenomenal book. It should be required reading um, for every person coming through high school, um, I think especially in Oklahoma, which is under the Bible Belt, um, because it was from the perspective of a young African-American woman, um, you know, women, we have privileges that um, are different from men, but white women, we also have privileges that are different than African-American women, and it just opened my eyes to things and concepts that I have never had to perceive or understand. Um, I listened to the audio version, which was phenomenal, to hear the reader switch back and forth um, different dialects from how she spoke in an all-white private school compared to where she grew up in Garden Heights. So it's definitely a book that I recommend to everybody. It was phenomenal. I'm going to watch the movie. It's out on Prime now. So. It's funny that you say it should be required reading because there is a county in South Carolina this past summer that they wanted to put it on the banned books list oh, God. because really? of the content. Uh -huh. Ooh. Wow, that was a really good book. I read that one, and it was awesome. And I was like you. It, it gave me a perspective that I wouldn't understand otherwise. Also, it sounds like I only read romance novels. I read a bunch of other stuff, especially I'm looking for really good young adult books. So if any of you have read some great ones, I would love your recommendations. Yeah. Okay, so let me get let you know what's by while I'm looking at, or what's about while I'm looking at. So basically, it's based in the future. Mm -hmm. um, they had a huge war over abortion, and that's been happened. And mm -hmm. so their new law is that abortion is illegal, but from the ages of 13 to 18, you can unwind a child that's, like, troubled. So mm -hmm. meaning... They will har they'll be sent to a harvest camp and they'll use their body parts on somebody ah! else. <gasps> what? Yeah. And so the whole book follows this like a oh, uh, group of unwinds is what they're called and follows their process. Um, and like they're escaped and they're out there looking for them because they are oh now gosh. fugitives on the run and they're wanting to send them to these harvest camps. Um, Neil Shusterman. I think. Schusterman, yes. Schusterman, yeah. I've heard of him. And I guess there's two sequels I haven't read yet, but the book itself is was like one of my favorite. Mm -hmm. That sounds exciting uh, and bananas, and yeah. I'm going to put that on my list. <laughs> Same note, I have a, one that I think you would enjoy also. Have you mm -hmm. read The Declaration by Gemma Malley? No, I have not. Okay, another good one, uh, futuristic, dystopian, and this one 
they've invented medicine that you take it's called longevity and Mm -hmm. so people aren't dying and so there's a population crisis and so the only way that couples are allowed to have children is if they refuse to take longevity and then you're only Mm. allotted two children how very brave new world i love it yeah and so it's very so the children of the people who are still taking longevity or if you've had too many children they're sent to these camps to basically be workers for the people and so they're enslaved and our housemaids things of that nature too so also a very good read who's that one by Gemma Malley I want to say thank you to everybody who came tonight from everywhere that you drove drove from whether it was Jones or Houston (laughs) (laughs) we we love you all we do and I think that's gonna do it for Three Book Girls. Get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.